0: We've been in a series called This I Believe, where we've looked at uh, some of the basic things of what it means to be a follower of Christ. Uh, what is communion? How do we practice communion at this church? What is baptism? How do we practice baptism at this church? What's the Holy Spirit? How do we view the Holy Spirit at this church? Uh, what's the Bible? How do we view the Bible at this uh, at this church? Some really fundamental stuff going on and in, in what it means to be a follower of Christ. And so today we're going to continue that series, with uh, generosity. What does it look like to be a follower of Christ and be generous? What does that mean? What does that look like? What does that have to do with me? Uh, so, yes, I'm going to talk about money today. I know you're excited, right? Um, but we're going to talk about money today, but we're going to talk about it in, in a different kind of way because one of my mentors, said, I heard this in one of his messages, and he said, whenever we talk about money, I want to be perfectly crystal clear that I want something for you, not something from you. And whenever we read about money or how we're using our resources or whatever that looks like in the scripture, it's really God saying, listen, I'm not, God doesn't need our money. Like legitimately, he's the creator of all things, but God wants something for you through money, through your talents, through your time. He wants, he's got a bigger kind of life for you. And when we hoard it all in, in our time, and our talent, and our treasure, when we hoard that, we limit what God's doing in our life because we say, no, 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 you can't have access to that part of me. And so over and over and over and over and over and over again, when God talks about resources in the scripture, because it's it's like the third most talked about thing in the Bible. Um, And so when he's talking about that, he's talking about how do we leverage who we are, what we've been given, what we've been gifted with, to really step into the life that God has for us. So yes, we're going to talk about generosity today, but I want to frame that not as in a money talk, but as this generosity idea, because what does it look like when we live a life of generosity? How does that change who we are? How does that set us up differently? Our scripture for today is Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, your heart will be also. I had uh, the, the wonderful experience of someone breaking into our vehicles in the driveway of our car uh, a couple months ago now. And it was just, just this feeling, because there was there was nothing in my car that was worth taking. In fact, I probably should start leaving the keys in it and be like, hey, hey! come on buddy uh but so, so take, take the thing but um it was just this weird weird feeling and the funny part was there was like 150 bucks just sitting in the in the car and they didn't bother to look where that was at but they took like the charger for an iPhone it's like you guys are morons but uh that's okay it was just this weird feeling of of and then this this kind of this first time I've I've had someone like break into something that's mine and go hey what what are you, what are you doing why why are you touching my stuff? But there was nothing of value really there. There was nothing. It didn't matter, and it was just this odd, odd, odd sensation. But it didn't matter really to me because none of that really—it doesn't hold sway over it. Now, if I had a Ferrari in the driveway of my car, one, I have a problem if I'm putting my Ferrari in the driveway. But then that probably would matter a little bit, but to me, but my car, it—it it didn't. It was just this issue of what's going on. Um. Anyway, you guys don't need to know that, um, but it was just—it's just weird. It's, it's, it puts the puts the scripture into perspective of where st- where a thief will come in and steal it when you actually have a thief come in and steal something from you, right? And you're like, is it? Does it matter? Did it matter? No. Like, we called the police and come on, they come came on out, and he's like, well, anything of value stolen? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so thankfully, there was nothing. You know, he was just blind and didn't see what needed to be stolen. But um, it was just like, no. He's like, well, okay. Well, everyone else was filling out paperwork. Do you want paperwork too? I'm like, just let me know if you catch the guy. And they're like, okay. Uh, so it was just one of those surreal experiences that I hope I don't have anymore. But it is what it is. Um, the wanted our main point for today is this one sentence that um, I think. We teach it at a thing called GROW, which is if you've um, started coming to this church, or you've been coming to the church for a long time, but you want to step into the next steps of the church, uh, you come to a one-day event called GROW, and you get to know all kinds of stuff about the church. But when we get to the generosity portion of that day, I lead with this sentence. It is, you cannot be controlled by what you give away. And as we look at the Scripture, as we look at what God's trying to teach us about our time and our talent and our treasure, this is so true. You cannot be controlled by what you give away. Um, I'm not controlled by stuff. Like if I gave it away to you, then it's not something that holds sway on my heart. I, I, it's not that I don't care about it or it's not valuable to me, but I've already given it to you. I don't, if I give you a Christmas gift, like I gave you a gift. Now, if you take it back to Kohl's, then hey, good for you. Go get pants that fit this time. You know, whatever that, that's, that's okay, but it's not controlling me. It's not like, well, you got to love these pants. I don't like these pants. They don't fit me. Okay, whatever. I don't know why I'm talking about pants, Ashley, but I'm talking about pants. (laughs) You cannot be controlled by what you give away. I love giving away stuff. Um, I would have a lot more stuff if I didn't give away stuff right i this is portion of of the whole generosity Get, uh, what you do with your money what you do with your time and what you do with your talent giving away money and things not a problem for me it's probably why i don't have any right this is like just i love to give it away and there's god has put certain homeless people in my life at certain points um and different different towns where it's like the same guy and i will move like in georgia there was one guy that he found me at, 15 miles away at a different church that I worked at. I changed churches, changed houses, changed counties. And all of a sudden, he walks up to my doorstep. Like, I'm, I'm pumping gas at this Phillips 66 or whatever it is. And all of a sudden, Larry shows up. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I know you. I know you. And it was just it was weird. And I happened to have gotten an extra 40 bucks that day because I did something for somebody else. And he's like, do you have any money for this? I'm like, that's the reason I got this, Larry. Here you go. Because like, it's just whoop in one pocket and out the other is just how it works. Money really like the hardest part of my job, one of the hardest parts of the job, there's lots of hard parts of this job, but one of the hardest parts is when someone in need comes to the office and says, can you help me? And then I have to discern whether or not they're trying to pull one over on me or they're really in, in need. That is a very difficult thing to do because you get very cynical and very jaded, but you also just want to give it all away. Like I, whatever, you know, do we have any gift cards? Whatever. I'll just, I'll find anything. Um, but that's, that's just part of who the, what the job is. But it's one of the hard things because I want to give you the shirt off my back because that's just how I'm wired. Now, with talents. Now, if I have a talent, I love giving that away as well. If I'm good at something, I love to help somebody with it. That's just how I'm wired. What I am very stingy with is my time. I don't like giving away my time. I don't know if that's my only childness coming out. I don't know what that is. I do not like giving away my time. I had a wedding that I did last night <clears throat> to a wonderful couple that I absolutely adore. They are um, a cousin. Uh, the bride was a cousin of Kevin's, our, our youth pastor here, as well as um, the groom is his best friend. And become one of my really good friends. And Greg's the guy that at the annual chili um, auction, he's the one that we bid up those stupid brownies every year for. Um, that's, <laughs> that's Greg. So we all love Greg because we get to see him spend $200 on a dollar pack of brownies. So, uh, but we love Greg for that. They got married last night. And they're like, Jared, would you do our wedding? I said, sure, I'd love to do your wedding. That'd be fabulous. And then about a month later, I was like, where is this wedding? And they said, it's in Libertyville. Now, that's about five miles away from the Wisconsin border. I did not know this because I don't know this area. That's basically a destination wedding in my book. OK, so like, what is going on? So I have this and I started getting really cranky about this. And they asked me like a year and a half ago to do the do the wedding. And I'm just getting crankier and crankier and crankier and crankier. I got to drive all the way up there. Oh, my goodness. At Three o'clock on a Friday afternoon going to Libertyville. That's like the seventh circle of hell. <laughs> so I'm just oh, man, I'm cranky about the whole thing. And then I kind of, then they said magical words, pig roast. And I got a little less cranky. Um, but, but this thing happened, and I, I started thinking about it. And I was like, wait a minute. I know these people. I love these people. I like being around them. I even like being around their parents. I like being around their, their, the groomsmen and the bridesmaids. What am I so cranky about? I'm going to have a great weekend. I was cranky. This is going to take my time. How else was I going to leverage my time and use my time? Nothing better was going to come my way than hanging out with a bunch of my friends. I still was cranky about it because it was my time. What was I going to do with my time? Absolutely nothing. Kelly gave me Friday morning, took the kids to the zoo. I, Friday's my day off. I had, I had Friday totally by myself. Do you think I solved world peace and did all these wonderful chores around the house? I did Nothing. And I knew it was premeditated nothingness, but it was my time, and, and that's what I'm stingy with. Money, I'll give it away. I don't have any, so don't come asking. It's okay. But uh, you're like, oh, we'll go ask Jared. No, was no, not happening. Uh, so, but I, I'll give that away. Talents, I'll give that away. But time, I'm just, I'm just working on that, and God's working on me. Like, you got to leverage this time thing, Jared. You got to leverage it. We are very caught up from the earliest age in this idea of mine, right? I was around the flower girl. Um, The flower girl this week is two and a half. And uh, Saria is her name. She is the cutest little girl I have ever seen. She's got like this curly, 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 curly hair, this smile that won't quit, and got that whole shoulder kick thing down. So it's like, yes, you can have a pony. You're not even my daughter and I'll buy you a pony. You know, it's like whatever, but... I, I, she wasn't really wanting to talk to me. And I, that, that bugs me when kids don't want to talk to me because that's, that's like my, my thing, right? And so I've got her coming to me. I was like, you want to see my baby? And she's like, oh, a baby, okay. She comes over, I show her a picture of my five-month-old. And she, I go, this is baby Lucy, this is my baby. She's like, no, it's my Lucy, She's never even met my child, this is my Lucy. For the rest of the weekend, it's, "Can I see my Lucy? It's not your baby, that's my baby. It's mine. And so everything's mine. That's my drink, that's my cookie. That's mine, 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 mine. It's like finding Nemo around here. mine and we're, everything is mine. But do we ever really grow out of that? We just learn not to say mine. That's the only difference. Like we, we, we just put a filter, some of us, over our mouths and say, that's not mine. But we never really grow out of it. It's, it's this hoarding idea. i got to collect it. i got to be mine. If you've seen Moana, the, the whole scene with shiny is like the perfect idea. It's shiny. If not, watch the movie. It's on Netflix right now. It's hilarious. It's great. But anyway, so they're just collecting stuff for just the act of collecting it. It controls us. It makes us... Miserable. See, generosity is a a lifestyle of giving away. But the idea of being a miser, someone who hoards, is the root word for miserable. And when you hoard things, you're on the fast track of being miserable. And so I have some questions for you today. Are you miserable? You're like, no, Jared, I'm fine. Let's ask some questions. Are you working on your way to being miserable? Do you have this, I can't identify this angst. I can't identify why I'm cranky. I can't identify this grr is the you know, scientific way of saying it. But when you're just cranky for no reason to be cranky, you know, we've, we've been there, right? And there's just this, ugh, and you snap at people and you don't even know why. They didn't do anything. Maybe I need more coffee. I don't know. But you just you get cranky with somebody for absolutely no reason. Why? This is where I think is miserable. It's because we've been hoarding things. Are you frustrated about how your time is being used? Then I would have to ask, and, and that's the way in which, you know, my boss doesn't spend, use me the right way or uh, my time's never my time or I, all these different things when you talk about time. But then I have to ask you a follow-up question. How much of your time are you giving away? Not to work or not to uh, things that you have to do with with time, but how are you leveraging? How are you just giving away your time? How are you being generous and investing your time? Because I know that's counterintuitive. Jared, if I give it away, then I don't have it. You understand there's only 24 hours in a day, and if I give hours away, they're not mine anymore. I understand that. But well, then I come back to you. Are you miserable? You're frustrated for no reason. Are you cranky? Second, are you frustrated about how your gifts are being used? Maybe you don't feel like, I'm just not living up to my potential. This isn't being used right. <clears throat> I'm just wasting away and, and, and no one, I don't get to express myself in the way I, I should. Then I'd have to ask you a follow-up question. How much of your talent do you give away? how do you use it how do you find ways to leverage it because that's when where you find fulfillment are you frustrated with your finances are you frustrated with the amount of money that you have where it's going what's going on with that how much of your finances are you giving away because if you start budgeting and organizing your life, and so in in a way in which that you've you've given away and made that a priority in your life, everything else starts to fall in place. Because if you've examined your life enough to know how much and where and when you can give, you start to figure out, oh yeah, this is what we're spending on di- eating out, and this is what we're spending on, on on car insurance, and this is what we're spending out here. Because there's so much of the time that, and I lived this for about eight years, that we just just spent. And didn't care where the money was going. We didn't, we didn't care. And we just get really frustrated with ourselves that we didn't have any savings. That's because we were literally eating all of our money. But when you start making giving a priority, everything else starts to fall into place. Are you frustrated with your finances? How much are you giving away? That may see, seem counterintuitive. I understand that. It does seem counterintuitive. But every great truth of the scripture is counterintuitive. Grace makes absolutely no human sense. You mean I can be forgiven and it doesn't cost me anything? Yes. I know people that don't believe in Jesus because of that fact. They're like, it's got to cost me something. I've got to do something. There's got to be some sort of transaction. No, you know, you just, you get it. (laughs) You get grace. Forgiveness is counterintuitive. Redemption that someone would pay a price for me and set me free. That is counterintuitive. Generosity falls in line with this, that the more I give, the more I'll get. It may not be an algebraic equation, but yes, the more you, generous you are, the more you get. So then you have to ask this other question. Am I leveraging what I have in time and talent and treasure, or do I let it go to waste? Do I leverage it? Do I leverage it? What is leveraging? Leveraging is using what you have to have exponentially more effectiveness. We talked about this in a previous series, but leveraging is like that the fulcrum idea that you put a little pressure somewhere else and it can lift a huge amount of weight. We see this over and over and over and over again in the scripture, story after story of God using just a little bit of oil, just a a penny, just a shekel, just a a tiny bit, and God exponentially doing something with it. So we have to ask ourselves the question, am I leveraging what I have in time and talent and treasure, or do I let it go to waste? Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store for yourself treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where are you putting your treasure? How are you using your treasure? Are you investing in people? Are you investing in the kingdom of God with who you are, what God's gifted you, with your time, with your money? I think this is, it's hit me this week. I was been um, stepping back into some ancient history and listening to some podcasts and reading some books uh, just because that's my my thing. That's what I like to, to, to learn about. But as you look at Jesus and the time period Jesus is at, actual money, coinage, has only been around for 500 years. So this idea, we read the Bible, when we think about resources, we think about t- treasure, we think about money, we think, oh yeah, it's it's you know dollars and cents. Well, Jesus is looking at this, and the whole culture is kind of still halfway into the whole barter system. They're still halfway into the trading system. And only the very rich are really having, you know, money, money. And so this whole idea it it, that changes for me because I've grown up, you know, always hoarding my pennies and in my cents. And just recently has there's been some TV shows on it and other things. But like this, this bartering culture, like I will give you this and you can give me that, and that works. Well, that, you know, money comes from all of that. But when Jesus is speaking these words, and, and we're writing this down, and, and vast majority of the Bible is written in an era in which money, the way in coinage in which we think of it, does not actually exist. And so when he's talking about your treasure, and giving, and tithing, and giving to, to God, it's talking about all the different things that you can bring, all of you, a tenth a tithe of all of your production, whether that's because a, a cow was born or because you got to milk something or because the grain you harvested, whatever that is, a tenth of all you are. Be generous with all of you. You see how that's different than just doing a little decimal re, uh, movement in a paycheck? Because it's, it's vastly different for me. And as you think about giving of who you are, that, that starts to change. How am I giving my time? How am I generous with it? How am I generous with my talents? How am I generous with my treasure? Because we focus way more on just how am I generous with my paycheck? Like that's, that's generally how we even think about it. But I think of different people in the church. I think of, of Paul Graff. If he started thinking about his tithe and, and, and how he uses and leverages his talents here at the church, he would be tithing like a 90-10. He'd be reverse tithing right? With the way in which he keeps things fixed and, and, and going around here. That's how he works. Now, if he just looks at it in a, in a, in a monetary thing, I'm not doing fact checking on his, on his, on his paycheck or anything like that, but that's, that's going to be totally different. You may go, oh man, I'm not giving enough to the church. So you give, you give so much exponentially more in how you give of your talent, how God has wired you in a generous kind of lifestyle. If I ever have something break, it's the phone call I make. Paul, I broke something again at the church. Stop touching things, Jared. (laughs) But it's this idea of generosity. You know, yeah, it's 2 a.m. and and Paul's out here cleaning out a sump pump. That's that's generosity. All of us have those kind of capabilities, whether or not we have money, but we have a talent. Maybe maybe we have money, we don't have any talents. That happens. I mean, whatever that looks like, but being a generous type of lifestyle. Does this make sense? For where your treasure is, then your heart will be also leverage what you have. You cannot be controlled by what you give away. You cannot be controlled by what you give away. Um, I've been learning some about uh, pools lately. My neighbor... I'm going to shameless plug for my neighbor. He put in a pool last summer about a year ago. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Um, But he put in a pool last year. And so I just in talking to him, we've learned a few things about pools. Now, he has a choice in how he's going to view um, the pool. And uh, his particular pool has become the community pool. And uh, and, and I'm very grateful for that. But um, when you get a pool, you have a choice to make. Especially in our neighborhood, we don't have fences, so you have a big choice to make, right? You don't know if it's open. You do. My kids are like looking out the window. Nobody's in it. I should be in it. You know that's Bowen's thought process. My child's thought process. if no one is jumping in the water, someone should be jumping in the water, and I will bear that cross. You know that is that is that is Bowen and Kendall's idea. But you look at that, and you, if you, you wanted to invest in a pool in your own house, and you bought a pool in your house, then, and you said, you know, I don't want the neighborhood kids in my in my pool. They're going to pee in it. They're going to make it uh, uh, you know, nasty, and I'm going to be more work, and they're going to break things, and I I want the pool for me. I don't want to be splashed. I want to sunbathe on my own time. And those are perfectly okay ideas. You paid for the pool. You should get to do whatever you want in the pool, right? Well, the problem is what happens if you buy this pool and your family actually doesn't want a pool? Your kids don't swim in it. Your wife hates, uh, you know, floating in it. And now you've got a pool that no one uses, and all you're stuck doing is going out there and cleaning it. But it gets kind of hard to clean a pool when no one's using it, and you feel like you're wasting your time, right? I imagine. I, I, I just bum a pool. So, uh, <laughs> But you, you look at it, and then uh, Troy taught me something. He said, uh, well, no one got in the pool for a couple days. And I pulled off the sun cover, and we had this nice little soup growing in the pool, because no one had swam in it. Now it might have been raining. I don't remember the exact details of the whole thing. But you grow, you know, algae soup quickly in a pool that's not stirred up. And so if your family's not getting it, and people aren't, aren't, aren't getting it, and you're not leveraging it, even in your own home. All what happens is stuff just starts to grow in there. It's yours. It's your own. It's your own private oasis. It's beautiful. But the longer you're not using it, and the longer you're not leveraging it, the more goo is being grown in there. And so the spiritual help my children do for Troy is they, they stir it up nice so no goo will be growing in there. Now, a shameless plug to him, he's allowed, like, it's the community pool. The kids are just staring at it, and they'll have their family has a great time and everything, and then all of a sudden, we'll get a, a text message. It's like, release the Kraken, and then all the kids just, <laughs> they, they flood. They're, like, waiting, 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 waiting. Uh, you think maybe? Was, uh, and they'll, they'll run over and, and jump in the pool, and it's a fabulous time, and they just come from everywhere like little ants. Help helps stirring up the pool. But that is generosity. It's, right, it's mine. I paid for it. I do the cleaning. I do, we're like talking about some sort of snack fund or something for the Gladys. But, you know, how, how do we help in this? But um, what does that look like? Because if I, I look at the idea of the pool is here's this thing that you can leverage and it's wonderful for yourself. Your own talent is wonderful for yourself. Your own time is wonderful for yourself. Your own treasure and what you've worked hard for is wonderful for yourself. But when you quit leveraging it, what happens? A goo starts growing inside you. Something rancid starts to develop. Things take root that you had no idea should have been taking root. And what do they do when something like that starts to grow in your pool? You have to shock it. You have to attack it. You have to do huge, crazy things with chemicals to restore it to where it needed to be. And all you needed was to leverage it with some neighborhood kids to come and do a cannonball or two. You see how that changes? And so if we think about generosity, when we leverage our time, we are shaking off the goo of our time. Because like I said, and fully admitted to you, I was cranky about getting to go and have a fantastic time because I didn't want someone to take my time. I was, and some of you might be cranky about, like, well, I don't want to give, if I'm not, I'm not going to give my talent because I'm not going to get paid for it. Well, you are uniquely crafted that way and no one else can do that. Should you be compensated sometimes? Yes. But think about this. That's what I can offer. That's how God wired me. This is what I can do. And I can do it way faster than anybody else because God wired me this way. When we keep that and hoard that to ourselves, goo and entitlement starts to build up inside us. We do the same thing with our money. We hoard our money and a goo starts to grow inside us. It's mine. We become a two and a half year old real quick. Don't touch it. It's mine. I know I haven't played with it in three hours, but it's mine. You cannot be controlled by what you give away. When we leverage our time to benefit others, it becomes more meaningful. When you leverage your time to benefit others, it becomes more meaningful. Examine where you're spending your time. Is it all on you? If so, you may want to look at how look at that and <laughs> sorry. If so, you may want to look at that hard and long and figure out how you can invest your time in others. When you leverage your talents to the benefit of others, it gives more satisfaction. When you leverage the things that you're good at to help others, oh, it gives you so much satisfaction. Because you may be paid in your nine to five for those same talents. But when And it feels like you're always just investing in a company or investing in your boss or helping somebody else out for their gain. But when you get to take those same things and really help someone around you, it's beautiful, it's wonderful. It's like, oh, I got to give them something that they never would have been able to do before because they're not trained or they don't have that talent or or whatever. That is fabulous to be a part of. How do we leverage our talents to benefit others? It gives you so much more satisfaction. When we leverage our treasure to the benefit of others, it brings fulfillment. When we leverage our treasure to the benefit of others, it brings fulfillment. Instead of hoarding and and gathering goo, we get to give it away and get to invest in others. How are you using your money? Is it investing in eternity? Do you give regularly to the church? Or do you hold it? And those are questions I have to ask myself. Those are the questions that, we, that me and my wife have to examine when, when things change in our life. How are we doing with that? Are we leveraging it? Or are we hoarding it? Because when we hoard it, we become misers. And misers are on the fast track to being miserable. As we close today, I want you to ponder how your life is aligned right now. How is it structured? Are you generous with your time and your talent and your treasure? Maybe you're generous with one, but not the other two. Maybe you're generous with two and not one of them. Like, I freely admitted to you, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a miser with my time. And this is how I'm trying to get better. This is one of the ways in which I'm, I'm hoping and praying that God will start working on me and opening that up in my own heart. For you, it may be one of the others. Are we hoarding? are we leveraging? And I always want to be on the leveraging idea of that sentence. I want to be pushing on that fulcrum and watching God do exponentially more than I was ever capable of. Let's pray. Band, come on up. God, thank you so much for today. And thank you for being a generous God. Thank you for investing in us. Thank you for showing us a different kind of life and a different kind of way of living. Lord, I ask you to take our time and take our talent and take our treasure and do exponentially more with it than we could ever dream of. That we get to give of our time and our talent and our treasure and get to watch you be the infinitely creative God that you are. Lord, we want to be on the sidelines going, whoa, God, you are amazing. So wherever, wherever we're at this morning, whatever we're dealing with, whatever um, issues that we want to hold on to, God, right now we ask you to move in us and to examine us and to, and to prompt us in ways in which we can be better, in ways in which we can move into a generous kind of lifestyle. Because we know, God, that you want something for us, not something from us. We love you, Lord. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.